0: You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina, Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. Good evening, to everybody. This is Pastor Dr. Christopher Manuel of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist church. Good to hear you back online again. We're going to Pick up where we left off on last evening when we talked about the three angels' message. We're going to look in the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 12. The apostle speaks of present truth. What does that mean? Well, let's look at 2 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 12, and see what it means to us today. 2 Peter, chapter 1, and verse 12. It reads, For this reason I will. Not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Well, what does these things mean? Present truth is an aspect of the everlasting gospel that has particular urgency for a certain time. Let me explain. That certain time is talking about Noah's message of the flood. It was present truth to the people of his time. You see, in Genesis chapter 6 and chapter 7 and 2 Peter verse 2 and verse 5, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. He taught God's love as he warned of a coming flood that would destroy the whole world. The flood message was present truth for that time. Its urgent cry was to get into the boat, and it was so important that it would have been immoral not to preach it. Another present truth type of thing that we talk about in Scripture is Jonah's message to Nineveh in Jonah, the third chapter, in verse 4. You see, Jonah's present truth was that Nineveh would be destroyed in 40 days. Jonah also uplifted the Savior, and the city repented. To omit this, however, the 40-day warning would have been unfaithful and unforgivable. It was present truth for its time, and it fitted that time in a very special way. Not only Jonah's message to Nineveh, Not only Noah's message of the flood to the people of his day, but also John the Baptist's message over there in Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, and Luke 1 and verse 17. You see, John's present truth was that Jesus, the Messiah, was about to appear. His work was to present the gospel and prepare people for Jesus' first coming. To have omitted that first coming element of the gospel for his day would have been unthinkable. Not only John the Baptist's message, but here in our day, the three angels' message of the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verse 6 through 14. God's present truth for today is contained in the three angels' messages. Now, of course, salvation through Jesus alone is central to these messages. However, the present truth of three angels also has been given to prepare people for Jesus' second coming and to open their eyes to Satan's brilliant and highly convincing deceptions. Unless people understand these messages, Satan will intend to capture and destroy them. Jesus knew we needed these three special messages, so in loving kindness, he has given them, and they must not be omitted. Well, brothers and sisters, there are some other questions that we have to understand here. Who does the Bible say will come to give a present truth message before the great day of the Lord? Malachi, the fourth chapter in verse 5, tells us. The Bible says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So the answer to that, who does the Bible say will come to give a present truth message before the great and terrible day of the Lord? Elijah the prophet. There's something significant about Elijah and his message, as we shall see in the next few questions that we're going to talk about in this Bible study. Well, what did Elijah do that caused the Lord to focus on him? Now, you've got to go back and read for your homework. First Kings chapter 18, verses 17 through 40. You see, the answer. The short answer question to this, what did Elijah do that caused the Lord to focus on him? Listen to this. Elijah urged the people to make up their minds whom they would serve. That's verse 21. The nation was almost wholly idolatrous. The people had forsaken the true God and his commandments, and there was one prophet of God. Elijah and 450 heathen prophets of Baal, that's verse 22, Elijah suggested that both he and the idolaters build altars and place wood and a bull on them. And he then suggested that they asked a true God to reveal himself by setting fire to his altar. The heathen God did not answer. Oh, but the true God of Elijah sent fire down from heaven that burned up Elijah's sacrifice. It burned up the wood. It burnt up the water. It licked up the dust in the air and the water that was in the trench. You see, the message demanded a decision. Elijah's message came at a time of deep spiritual crisis and national apostasy. It came with such power from heaven above that it stopped business as usual and drew national attention. Elijah then insisted that people decided whom they would serve, God or either Baal. Deeply moved and fully convinced, the people chose God. That's verse 39. You see, the Elijah message has a twofold application, beloved. It applies to a present truth message to prepare people for Jesus' first advent, his first coming, and a present truth message to prepare people for Jesus' second coming. Well, who did Jesus say preach the Elijah message to prepare people for his first coming? Matthew chapter 11, verse 11 and verse 14. There has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. And if you are willing to receive it, he says, he is Elijah who is to come. The answer to that question, who did Jesus say preached the Elijah message to prepare people for the first coming of Christ? Jesus called John the Baptist's preaching to prepare people for his advent. He called that the Elijah message. You see, John's message, as in Elijah's day, made truth very clear and then insisted on a decision. The Bible says that John the Baptist, he will go in the spirit and power of Elijah, Luke 1 and verse 17. Well, how do we know the prophecy has a second application to our time, just before the second coming of Christ? How do we know that? Joel chapter 2 and verse 31 says this, And I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Excuse me. Yeah, that's Malachi 4 5. But Joel 2:31 says, The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Here's the answer: How do we know the prophecy has a second application to our time just before the second coming of Jesus? Here's the answer: Take note of these two events that will occur before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord mentioned in Joel 2:31. Here is the first one: the coming of the Elijah message. And the second: the tremendous signs in the heavens. This helps us to both understand, locating both events. The dark day occurred in May, 19, 1780. That same night, the moon appeared as blood, according to Matthew 24, 29, includes one more sign, the falling of the stars, which literally took place November the 13th, 1833. From this, we know the end time Elijah message must began sometime near or after 1833, before the coming of the great day of the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, the second Elijah message is after the skies, after the <clears throat> is after sky signs. You see, it's obvious that John's Elijah message does not apply to the second Elijah message because God's great sky signs appeared over 1700 years after John preached his message. The Elijah message of Joel 2 and verse 31 had to begin after those sky signs in 1833 and must prepared for the people must be prepared for Jesus' second coming. You see, the threefold present truth message of Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 through 14 fits it perfectly. It began around 1844 and is preparing people worldwide for Jesus' second coming. Verse 14 which will take place after the threefold message has reached every person on earth. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to the whole world for witness to all nations. And then shall the end come. You see here, brothers and sisters, again, the message demands a decision. Elijah insisted evil be met head on and that all all would have to decide whom they would serve. So it is with God's threefold message for us today, a decision must be made. God's threefold message, it unmasks Satan and his plans. It clearly reveals God's love and his requirements. God is calling people today back to true worship, worship of God alone. To knowingly serve serve and worship anyone or anything else in this crucial day amounts to disloyalty and will result in eternal death. God miraculously reached hearts in Elijah's day, 1 Kings 18, 37, and 39. And in the days of John the Baptist, he will do the same in these last days as people respond to the three angels' message. Get this, beloved. Here's another question. What other wonderful blessings will the preaching of Elijah, which is an our day, three angels' message, bring? What other wonderful blessings will this preaching bring? Malachi 4, 5 and 6 says, Elijah will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Elijah message or the three angels message of our day will bring family members back together in loving, close, joyous, heavenly relationship. What a blessed promise. <laughs> the word gospel means good news. Do the three angel messages of Revelation in chapter 14 provide good news for us today living in a COVID-19 situation? The answer to that question, beloved, yes, indeed. Let's review the good news we have found in the overview of the three angels message thus far. Listen to this. Every person will have an opportunity to hear and understand the last day gospel. Not one will be passed by. Part B the devil's brilliant and powerful plans to trap and destroy people will be revealed to us. So we need not be ensnared part C heaven's supernatural power will accompany the spreading of God's message in these last days. Part D God's people will be patient. He calls them saints part E God's people will have the faith of Jesus part F God's people will, out of love, obey his commandments. Part G, God's love of us and his love so much for us that he has sent a very special message to prepare us for Jesus' second coming. Part H, God's message for these last days will bring family members together in love and unity. Part I, the major emphasis of the three angels' messages is that salvation has been provided for everyone through Jesus Christ alone. He gives his righteousness to cover our past and miraculously imparts his righteousness to us daily so we will grow in the grace and truly become like him. With him, we cannot fail. Without him, we cannot succeed. You see, brothers and sisters, a further, further word in this, that the points of the three angels' message that will be explained here, that God's judgment has an hour that's coming. God's judgment will come from come out of Babylon. He's going to call folk to come out of Babylon and for us not to receive the mark of the beast. Hallelujah to his name. Got a question to ask you as we end tonight. Do you feel thankful to learn that Jesus has a special three-point message to God and assist his people in these last days, you can go ahead and nod your head yes, because God has made a way of escape that we may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. I thank God for his word tonight. You've been listening to the Restoring Faith broadcast with yours truly, Dr. Christopher Manuel. You are invited to join me at the Smyrna Seventh day Adventist Church every first and second Saturday for divine worship service at 11 a.m. and Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m., located at 916 Richmond Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. And on the third and fourth Saturday for divine worship service at 10 a.m. and Tuesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. at the Maranatha Seventh day Adventist Church, located at 45. Five Seventeen South MacArthur Drive in Alexandria, Louisiana. Beloved, your gifts and love offerings can help keep this ministry on the air. Send your correspondence to 916 Richmond Drive, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71302 and join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on KAYT, KQJO for the Restoring Faith broadcast. Be blessed. The Unstoppable Wade, Unstoppable way uh, 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 uh. Right now is a challenging time for the world, but it's